calling on the name of the Lord. And what I want to do today, really, I'm going to just read some scriptures for us. That's really what I want to do mostly. I want to create a space of contemplation, of meditation, of, of, of looking up to the Lord through, the, uh, through his word, through scripture. So look into the Lord and really just create a, a contemplative environment. Sometimes believers are not very good and we're not very good in contemplation and meditation. Um, um, and and, and uh, which is really a, a discipline of, of, of positioning our hearts and minds around, around the things of God, around the word of God, around the works of God and what God has done around the purpose of God. Uh, and so I want to do that today. That's what I want to do. And uh, we might then seal this up with a time of prayer and, and, and worship. That's what I've actually written there, prayer and worship and meditation. Uh, we really just want to create an environment in which God can minister to us, speak to us, and, 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 and really just deal with us in the way that he's, he, you know, he sees fit. Um, and so that's what, that's what we want to do. Are we, are we good with that? Yep. So, so, so let's engage with that. Let, let's engage in this process. I want... Uh, just engage with the process of just reading through Scripture, the discipline of reading th through Scripture, and letting Scripture read you. You read the Scripture, and the Scripture reads you. Because you know that the Word of God is a living Word, yeah? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You read the Scripture, and the Scripture reads you. You read the Word of God, and the Word of God reads you, and finds you where you are, and that's what we want to be able to do. So uh, the Scripture that, you know, we have been reading the last couple of Sundays, Amos chapter 5, in verse 4, this is what the Lord says to the house of Israel, seek me and live, seek me and live. We want life, right? And not just any kind of life. We want the Zoe kind of life. We want the quality of life that comes from Christ. And he says, yes, seek me and live. Seek me if you want Zoe, if you want the life of God. Seek God, search him so that you might live. In verse 4, Amos chapter 5, in verse 5, do not seek Bethel, do not go to Gilgal, do not journey to Beersheba, for Gilgal will, will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Then he says again, seek the Lord, that you might have this Zoe of God, the quality of life that comes, that can only be attained through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of life that, no amount of financial resource can afford you. Seek the Lord that you might live. Seek the Lord that you might have shalom. You know shalom, that word shalom was a big word in the, in the life of Israel as was established by God. God would grant them shalom, which is the word that we translate as peace. Really doesn't do justice to the word shalom. Uh, the word shalom is not just peace as in the absence of conflict. The word shalom, in, in some sense, means to be, to, to be in harmony, to have inner harmony. The word means to be complete, to be content, to, 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 to lack nothing, to, to, to find yourself in a space where you actually are lacking nothing, to be complete, to be harmonious. Do you know when you are, find, find yourself in a space where there's dissonance and noise in your heart? Huh? And things pulling to all sorts of different directions. You're conflicted. There is no peace within you. And you feel like you're lacking something. Uh, and that's the opposite of what shalom is. Shalom is, is completeness. A sense of complete, completeness, of harmony, 
of alignment, of internal alignment uh, in God. It also means prosperity and well-being and welfare. All of the words that are used in English uh, to describe or define the word shalom, welfare, prosperity, well-being, um, you know, the welfare of the mind. When we are walking in the power of shalom, it means we are not depressed. We don't have mental health issues. We don't have emotional turmoil within our own souls. That's shalom. So shalom starts from within and it has to permeate and extend itself into the outer environment. And we want believers in Southern Valley to say we're walking in the power of God's shalom. So God says, seek the Lord and live. Seek the Lord to have Zoe. Seek the Lord to have shalom within your heart. Shalom was a thing that in Israel they pursued. It, it was a sign of God's blessing that God was with them. Did not mean that there was no challenge or, or, or you know, challenging situations. It just meant that there was a sense of God's nearness, God's you know, harmony that arrives in our hearts because we are walking in the will of God and we are obeying Him. And, and so we want, we, want, we want that inside of, our, inside of our own lives. We want to seek the Lord that we might live. We want to seek the Lord that we might have is the Zoe of God, the Shalom of God. And these are so very important things. Psalm 34, in verses 5 and 8, it says this, and how beautiful is this verse in verse 5. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Those who look to him, and that's what I want to do today, just read some of these scriptures for you. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Then it encourages us to taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. To give God the opportunity in your life to do something, to minister to you, to, to, to handle you, to give God space and opportunity to, to touch you and to do what God sees fit within your own heart. Those who look to him. So we don't want to be, people are looking down, we want to be people are looking up. That there may be the, the shining glory of God upon our lives and that our souls may be lifted up to God as God reflects his life through us. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Do you want to be part of that company? Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And so we want to give God the opportunity, taste and see that the Lord is good. That means give him the opportunity to minister to your life. You know, before you explore other options, give God the opportunity to actually minister to you so that he might have the space to impart his life into your life. How about the scripture about Moses? when he interacted with God. In Exodus 34, verses 28 and 29, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. In verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware 
he was not even aware that his face was radiant. We've just read this, right? Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. He had been with the Lord. He had spoken with the Lord. We read actually one of the Sundays, where, um, uh, the, the, one of the scriptures about Jesus as he was praying. There was transfiguration. There was the glory of God that began to shine upon him. There was the presence of God that broke out inside of his life. And that's what we want inside of this time of prayer and fasting is that we want to be able to talk to the Lord and rub off his glory, of his presence, of his blessing inside of our own lives. And when we go out like Moses and interact with other people, they must feel the same thing. It was said of the disciples that they were recognized in Acts that they had been with Jesus. And that's what we want inside of our own lives. And so those who look to, to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Moses' face was radiant because he had been speaking with the Lord. He had been in the presence of God. And these are beautiful, beautiful scriptures. I'm just reading these, and I want you to internalize these scriptures as we initiate and as we activate this time of prayer and fasting. Psalm 18, verses 6 and 16. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. Do you want to be heard by God? He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. That's what we want. I want him to hear my voice. I want my cry to, 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 to arrive at his ears. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. It's beautiful scripture. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He reached down, in verse 16, from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. A couple of more scriptures that I want us to read, and we're going to have a time of prayer shortly as we initiate this time of fasting. Psalm 119 is a beautiful chapter in the book of Psalms. Uh, it's one long chapter. It reflects a whole lot of beautiful, beautiful verses and scriptures for us. And I've collected some of these and, and collected, you know, uh, like a, a common themes around this chapter in Psalm 119. That's common themes. Let's read some of these verses. I wanted to read this. Read this and let the word read you. Let the word of God find you where you are. In Psalm 119, in verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will praise you. Is that, an, is that an expression of intent? I will praise you. But he is declaring praise from a certain position that he calls the upright heart. As a, a, a sense of spiritual integrity. The place from which he's praising the Lord. I will praise you. I will. That's an, a statement of intent. I will praise you. With an upright heart, as I learn your righteous laws. In verse 7. Verse 9. We're not going to read all of the verses. Just pick some of the verses that I thought would be good for us as we 
contemplate, as we reflect um, on the word of the Lord. I will praise you with an upright heart. So there's an expression of intent there. And there's a definition of a, a rightful position from which the Lord is to be worshipped and praised. The upright heart, the psalmist calls it. As I learn your righteous laws. Then he says in verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? Very relevant to our youth, right? And young adults and relevant to all of us, frankly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. In verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And he says, secret to overcoming sin is walking in the power of conviction that comes through the word of God in our lives. That the word of God is not just the notes that we have in our journals, but it has become a position of conviction, a conviction reality within our own hearts. And he says, if we're walking in the conviction of the word of the Lord, will have the power to overcome sin. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. According to your word. By living a life that is conformed to the word of the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful scriptures. Just reading these as we prepare ourselves to pray this afternoon. Verse 18, Psalm 119. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Do you want the power of revelation? To see the word of the Lord and to have the spirit of revelation and wisdom upon you that Paul prayed about for the Ephesians in Ephesians 1. I open my eyes. He recognizes I think I'm in a place of darkness. I'm in a place of obscurity. I'm blinded. Open my eyes. There are things that are hidden that I need to see Within the law of God, within the word of God. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. In verse 27, let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. I want to, I want to walk in the power of understanding. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Make me to understand your word. He says, open my eyes. And he says, let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate. I will have the power to even think through and to contemplate and to conceptualize, the, 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 to have a, a divine imaging of God in my mind only once I have understood your teaching, O oh God. In verse 32, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I think another translation says, for you have broadened me. You have given me more capacity to understand your word. So I run in the path of your commands. So the word of God has a pathway. The word of God has a track. And the psalmist is saying, we've got to be following that track. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. You have set my heart free from sin and from the issues of life. You have given me the power to understand your word. And because of that, I run in the path of your commands. Do you want to run in the path of, of, the, of God's command inside of your own life? To, be, to have the power to be making decisions and choices that are in line with the word of God inside of your own life. I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. In verse 57, you are my portion, O Lord. 
I have promised to obey your words. And I think this has to be a time of commitment, Elise. This has to be a time of covenant. This has to be a time of making a promise to the Lord. You are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face. And that's what we're doing right now, today. In verse 58, I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. And as you read the book of Psalm 119, you're going to find this constant phrase, according to your promise. Let's say that together. And he's engaging the Lord according to the prophetic word in his life, according to what God has spoken over his life. He wants God to show up not just in a general kind of way, but he wants God to show up in accordance with what God has said historically over his life. According to your promise, show up. Save me. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. In verse 57, you are my portion. Oh Lord, I have promised to obey your words. In verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. He says, I was foolish. I was disobedient. I did not listen. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I, I obey your word. It was good for me, in verse 71, to be afflicted so that I might, I might learn your decrees. So what is affliction doing in your life? That's what that, you know, you know, makes us to ask that kind of question. What is affliction doing in my life, in your life? In verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before affliction arrived in my life, I was foolish. Before affliction arrived in my life, I lacked discipline, spiritual discipline. But now, I obey your word. In verse 71, it was good for me to be afflicted. Suffering and challenge was actually good for me. The problems of life were actually good for me. The challenges that I faced were actually good for my spiritual journey. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. He says, I have arrived at a place of revelation as a result of affliction and challenge and suffering. How beautiful is that? His value, he's saying, basically, the spiritual value in affliction. That's, that is um, uh, verses 67 and 71. Verse 63. And again, we try to pack these according to certain themes here. I am a friend to all who fear you. And I love that. I am a friend to all who fear you. To all who follow your precepts. He's beginning to speak into his relationships. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me. In verse 74. For I have put my hope in your word. In verse 79. May those who fear you tend to me. Those who understand your status. How beautiful is that? He now is beginning to speak into the integrity of his relationships. In Psalm 119, verse 63, I'm a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. May those, in verse, seven, in verse 74, may those who fear you rejoice when they see me. What, 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 what value do I bring in my relational circles? What spiritual value? Is there joy that arrives, that activates in people's heart when they see me? 
What is the spiritual feeling? What is the spiritual value that I bring into my circles? May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. In verse 79, may those who fear you tend to me. Those who understand your status. In other words, he's saying, let people gravitate towards me. A certain kind of quality of people. Those he calls are the people that fear the Lord. He says, it's not just the people that are, that are, that are walking in evil and sin and who, 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 who speak loosely about all manner of things. He says, may those who fear you tend to me. May they gravitate towards me. May they, may they be a, 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 a pool around me because of the fear of the Lord that I carry inside of my own heart that attracts those of the same kind who fear the Lord. May those... So he's, he's navigating a relational space in God. He's navigating a relational space that will preserve his spiritual integrity. I'm a friend to all who fear you. There is intentionality in the choice of friendships here. To all who follow your precepts. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me. May I bring spiritual value to my circles. For I have put my hope in your word. May those who fear you tend to me. May they not only rejoice, but may they tend towards me. May they come and gather around me. May, be, may I be a place of gathering of the people that are called those who fear God. May those who fear you tend to me. Those who understand your status. In verse 25, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. And that's where I think we begin to pick the theme according to your word. According to your promise. Preserve my life according to your word. In verse 38, fulfill your promise to your servant. Is that your prayer? Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. That the fear of the Lord may arrive upon those who, who know me, who know my track, who know my life, who know my journey. When they begin to see the Lord break out and fulfill the things that he's always said. He says, the fear of the Lord will fall upon those who surround me. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. In verse 41, may your unfailing love come to me. O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. There is that phrase again. According to your promise. According to the prophetic record of God. In verse 41. In verse 50. My comfort is in, my, in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Your word to me preserves me. Your thoughts towards me is what comforts me, what strengthens me in the midst of challenge and suffering and affliction. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant so that you may be feared. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, your sal salvation according to your promise. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise will preserve my life. Verse 65. Do good to your servant according to your word. According to your word, O Lord. Here's that phrase again. According to. According to your word. In verse 76. 
May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. 107, I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. It keeps engaging with God according to your promise. According to the things you've spoken to me. According to the word. I don't want a general manifestation of God. I want to see the things you've spoken to me about in times past. I want to see them manifest inside of my own. I have a craving for prophetic fulfillment. That's a prayer that is being prayed in Psalm 198. He's confining God to the specifics of the speaking of God over his life. That's what he's praying. 116, sustain me according to your promise and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. Sustain me according to your promise. According to your promise. According to your word, he says. 154, defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. According to your promise. 162, I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I rejoice. Your promise, he's saying, is like a treasure to me. In 170, may my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. So this is a passionate believer. This is a believer who is convicted, who has not backslidden from the things that God has spoken to him about in times past. But he's praying prayers that are in line with the prophetic record of God over his life. He's saying constantly, save me according to your promise over my life. Beautiful psalm. Beautiful psalm. 123, my eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. I wait for your salvation in 166, O Lord, and I follow your commands. My eyes fail looking for your salvation. Looking for your righteous promise. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. And I follow your commands. I follow your commands. This frames us within this context where we have to be pursuing the specifics of the promise of God. Amen? We have a, an expectation, in other words. We are not just praying general prayers. We are expecting the specifics of the promise of the Lord. 105, your word is a lamp to my feet. We sang the song earlier, right? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Direct my footsteps in 133. According to your word, let no sin rule over me. He says, don't let me stumble. Don't, make, don't, 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 don't let me Make bad you know, decisions that are not informed by your word. Let your word be a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. He's recognizing the fact that without your word, I'm walking in darkness. I actually don't see it. It's dark without the shining light of the word of God. And he's calling for the word of God. Your word is a lamp. Not my intelligence, not my wisdom, not popular opinion. Your word is a lamp to my feet and the light for my path. So he's talking about feet, which is like immediate um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, insight and understanding of what is happening to the immediacy of your environment. But he's talking about the projection of the light to the path. Amen? 
yeah, which is a, a, a sighting of, of what's coming. What is the, the, the landscape? What is the nature of the path that is leading me unto the purposes of God? So we want, both, we want God to do both those things. We want God to shine His, to, to bring the lamp. You know, lamp does not have reach in terms of its ability to in, in illuminate the environment. But very significant when walking in darkness, to be able to see in your immediate environment. You don't want snakes biting. You don't want things, you know, you don't want to stumble. But then the word is light for my path. It shows me the projection of where God is leading me. I can see, he's saying, the unfolding pathway of God in his purposes. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And direct my footsteps, he says in 133, according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. want to be able to overcome sin, eh? Amen? Overcome sin. 172. May my tongue sing of your word. For all your commands are righteous. May my tongue sing of your word. For all your commands are righteous. How beautiful are these scriptures? Psalm 119. Good, good, good uh, you know, chapter to read. Good psalm to read at home. Uh, in, in, a, in a space of contemplation and meditation. As we, as we look to God so that he might cause his glory to shine upon our faces. Amen. Amen. And what I want, to, want us to do today, I want us to take a time of prayer. We're fasting. I want us to take a time just to minister before the Lord and to pray. Let's stand. We've read those scriptures just as a way of tuning our hearts. Let us stand.